So it turns out the easiest way of getting a Rolex isn't just going into a store and buying one, you just race it at MP3. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. first sports car intro. Are you <laughs> proud of me? <laughs> He's, you know, we're finally, ladies and gentlemen, friends of the non-binary, we are finally wearing Dre down. <laughs> <laughs> they broke me. They, 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 they left me in a cage. Um, <laughs> Not only did we leave him in a cage, but the Rolex 24 at Daytona 2021 edition was just good enough to make Dre actually sit down and enjoy it for like, I don't know, an hour. <laughs> It was more than that. I, I, I think it I was. did about eight, nine hours like this year. Like normally, it's like I'll do the first hour. It's like, oh, that was fun, and I'm gonna go off and and, and watch YouTube instead. But uh, no, just in case you were wondering, hi, I'm Andre Harrison. Welcome to episode 288 of Motorsport 101. Um, yeah, this is a sports car edition. One I actually watched. You see what lockdown's done to me, people? <laughs> it's made my hair like this, and it's made me watch sports cars. So you see. This is how you know it's going to hell. Um, with me, as always, Zardy O'Connell. Hello, sir. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt has run out of the field. Now he takes off his shirt. He's running down the middle to 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest, and now he runs the opposite way. He runs at the 50. He runs at the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, in case you didn't know, it was the Super Bowl. They like just this past weekend we recorded this. We recorded this on February tenth. It was the Super Bowl pass as well. Weekend, like the highlight of the game, besides Patrick Mahomes having like five of the greatest incompletions you will ever see in a football field, was Kevin Harlan commentating another streaker. It's I love that man so in a much. Super Bowl. <laughs> Why is this dude not calling it on television? Right. The man's hilarious. He was like, take off that bra and be a man. <laughs> oh dear. This is like like it's like Harden was like, this is my moment right here. <laughs> oh dear. Um, I think we can like, all agree also, it was better than the actual game content. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Uh congrats to Tom Brady on his uh, seventh MAGA hat. I'm sorry, championship, championship um, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their first Super Bowl in 19 years. Congrats to them. How does it feel to be the game manager, Tom? How does it feel <sighs> to be Brad Johnson 2.0, Tom? We're not bitter at all, are we? No, no, none at all. Even though half the podcast are New England Patriots fans, we're not salty about this at all, isn't that? Right? I know yeah. that my Buffalo Bills would have... <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sit down. <laughs> sit the fuck down. Get out. <laughs> two minutes I've 45. I've already seen guess it, guess he's black on... <laughs> I was like, two minutes 45. Guess who's black on the bleep machine, King? <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear! No, but uh, yes, some things never change. Poor Pat Mahomes, man was played. Bam played the game of his life while being swallowed by fourteen linebackers. Um, And the most memorable thing to take away from that game was the weekend becoming a meme. Um, (laughs) Just looking for something. Um, I, I don't quite know what. I heard the story. Apparently, he paid seven million bucks of his own money. 
to set that up. <laughs> and I was just like, wow, you paid that much. It sounds like the me. intro to a Top Gear challenge on new, old, new Top Gear. <laughs> it's like, we got 1,500 pounds of our own money <laughs> to pick a new car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it was. God bless him. But uh, yeah, that was that was fun. Um, also, like, dear Glazer family, I know you're celebrating a, a wonderful Super Bowl win. If you mind siphoning off some of that cash towards the other major sports group you own, that would be nice. I Just um, Dre, Dre, I, I, I think you should know that there is no monetary cash prize for winning the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's the but you do get endorsements. It's the clout that matters. You get plenty of endorsements. <laughs> it's the little things. Look, Jaden Sancho might be available this summer. Okay, man <laughs> needs bread. <laughs> it's a global <laughs> pandemic. We ain't got fans Was, coming in right now. Wasn't he supposed <laughs> to be available last summer, and then that fell through? All I'm saying is, though, I, I think I think uh, there is an easy fix to like some of Man U's defensive issues. And and that just comes with the talent exchange of bringing over some of the Bucks defense over to play <laughs> the other football. I, I would be more than happy to exchange Harry Maguire and David De Gea for Levante David at linebacker. I'm just... I, I can happily plug him at centre-back and we never concede another goal again because if he isn't making tackles, he is going to literally, like, pile driver Sergio Aguero to the ground. Um, so, Donnie, um, yeah. Let's have Donnie Vanderbeek as a slot receiver. Beautiful. <laughs> Deceptive speed. It's, it, 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 it all works around here. Um, Great so, <laughs> Also, I didn't formally introduce him, so it's only fair if I do. Hello, Ryan. How are you, sir? I'm doing okay. Tough next loss last night. We're no longer oh. in a playoff spot. Oh, the Knicks not in a playoff spot? I mean, what a surprise. Um. <laughs> it's different now because there's a glimmer of hope. Well, you see, it's the hope that gets you, isn't it? You know, like, hang on. I've got to ask, based on what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, do you still have to post a letter on the Glickenhouse's factory door now? Uh, no, nah, no, nah, they say you score points. They you score points. Damn it! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> just because they turned on an engine that they didn't build doesn't mean that they get to, they get, you know, they get to win this. But they no. have to meet, they have to meet the minimum classified distance. Chickens. Chickens. <laughs> what, like, chicken house? Oh! On that note, We'll get into a little bit of the set list here. We are going to be reviewing the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona, of course. Um, breaking all of that down. Five different classes. A, gr- a genuinely really exciting, really cool 24 hours of racing. Yes, this is me saying this. And it wasn't on the script. No one has fed me a penny to say this. Honestly. <laughs> it was good. I really I enjoyed it. I some of the script. I helped with some of the script for structuring purposes. But yeah, Dre, you enjoyed this. I mean, we all enjoyed this. We thought it was a good time. Well, mostly a good time. We'll we'll get into that. We'll get into that. We'll also catch up on some of the news. The biggest name in Formula One has signed the ting, as we Brits would say. Um, we'll, We'll get into that. We'll talk a little bit about the context behind that. 
We'll be talking about the restructuring of the re-races one initiative. Portimao is back. Yeah. Who doesn't love some of that? And some of the news are coming out of American Motorsport as well in the IndyCar team. Was a very important team has made its first driver announcement. So more on that later on as well. But in the meantime, there are some places you can find us. We're on YouTube right now. YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101. If this is the audio version of us. If you're on the video version, hi. Like the video down below, subscribe if you like us, hit the bell, all that fun stuff if you haven't already. We're on facebook.com forward slash motorsport101. We're on Twitter at motorsport underscore 101. Our handles are on the screen right now. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're not, they're at Harrison101HD, at RJ O'Connell, at Ryan Eric King, and at cbuckley 917 We're on Instagram at the at motorsport101pod. You can check that out for all the latest episodes, extra news, and some extra tidbits out of episodes that didn't make the final cut. Um, or in this case, some out-of-context stuff as well, because Rezzy's an evil, evil man. Uh, who runs that out-of-context page. Um, all of that as well on there. Motorsport 101 pod on Instagram. Um, and, uh, again, if you really, really like us, you can back us financially on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Motorsport 101. $5 gets you early access to all of our audio episodes. $10 for the video versions as well. And you get access to the supporters club of our Discord server. We can listen to these episodes live as they're being recorded. Shout out to Finley, Jason, Sasha, and Vic for tuning along, tuning along with us as well. Um, thank you for that. And you can find all of those details on our website at Motorsport 101. We'll be getting the spruce up in the next month or so. So look forward to that too. So keep, keep half an eye on that. So... After this quick musical break, we'll be back to talk about the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona. Rolex 24 at Daytona, the first major endurance sports car race of the year, did not disappoint. The presence of NASCAR drivers like Jimmy Johnson, Chase Elliott, and Austin Dillon grabbed all the mainstream headlines, thanks NBC, but the Rolex 24 at Daytona was won for the third straight year and the fourth in five years by Wayne Taylor Racing. But this time it looked a little bit different. This was the first overall win for the defending champion Acura ARX-05, ending the Cadillac DPI VR's undefeated four-year run as the overall winner of this event. Philippe Albuquerque was trusted to hold the wheel to the checkered flag and held to hold off a hard-charging Chip Ganassi racing Cadillac on debut of Renger van der Zand in the final hour to take the checkered flag. Albuquerque and his one-time rival Ricky Taylor the oldest of two second-generation racing brothers became two-time overall winners of the Daytona 24 Hours, with Taylor winning upon his return to his father's team. Indy 500 winners Elio Castroneves, he of magnificent hair, and Alexander Rossi, who desperately needed a pick-me-up after a dismal 2020 in IndyCar, had Rolex 24 overall victories to their CVs for their role in the victory something that should give each driver a boost going into their own respective 2021 campaigns. Two late punctures ultimately doomed Ganassi's bid at the victory, but they performed impeccably. Vander Zanda, spurred on by his dropping from Wayne Taylor Racing at the end of last year, was a driver reborn this weekend. So too was Kevin Magnussen, eager to get back to his winning ways after an unfulfilling end to his F1 career. And Scott Dixon, well, we know this dude can drive. We also need to give Kamui Kobayashi some love in the ally, the ally Cadillac Racing number 48. His back has to be sore after an incredible overnight carry job. Jordan Taylor and Nikki Katzberg led a Corvette Racing 1-2 finish in the GTLM category, 
with the flagship Velocity Yellow number 3 C8R, joined by co-driver Antonio Garcia, but not in the post-race celebrations, when Antonio Garcia was pulled mid-race for what turned out to be a false positive COVID test. Still, it perhaps wouldn't have been as embarrassing as Taylor stacking it into the tire wall of turn one during his post-race burnouts by driving straight through the cloud of smoke into the tires, which almost happened. Perhaps the only regret in the GTLM battle in Dave Rolex 24 history. Can we restart on that? I totally miss fucking Reddit. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. <laughs> I'll edit it. The only regret... The only regret from the last GTLM battle in Rolex 24 history is that it was partially spoiled before the 24 hours had even started, when number 25 BMW Works driver and past DTM champion Bruno Spengler vigorously jumped the start right through the diffuser of Kevin Estra in the only privately entered Porsche 911 RSR in the field. He's not bitter at all, I promise. <laughs> not in the least. I'm so bitter, I don't want to finish. RJ, you finish up. <laughs> Brand new team. <laughs> Brand new team, Winwood Racing, with Marv Engel, Russell Ward, Philip Ellis, and the man you pass on the left-hand side, Indy Donchi, took top honors in GT Daytona. Mercedes' first ever win at this race in any class of competition. In the LMP2, the car affectionately known as the Crayon Express won the class. Era Motorsports Orica prototype driven by Dwight Merriman, Kyle Tilley, Paul Loupe-Chaton, and Ryan Dial with its paint job designed by six-year-old Owen McEachern of Canada. And while LMP3's edition are ridicule from some as the meme class... IndyCar Young Gun, Spencer Piggin, and Oliver Askew helped Riley Motorsports and co-drivers Gar Robinson and Scott Andrews etch their name in the history books as the Daytona 24 Hours' first LMP3 class winner. The robots' watches are the same, after all. I, I don't envy the budget on that one. I would get a fifth <laughs> set of Rolexes now for a fifth class in there. <laughs> well, it helps oh, that they sponsor the event. Uh, this race was a lot of fun. I can imagine it. It's 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 it certainly came off that way. Like it was a lot of fun, and um, like again, it 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 was like again we we mentioned it at the top that that GTLM start with the oh you know, and it, it really hurt the race in the class because to start off breaking down GTLM, Corvette could just turn it on whenever they wanted. The three oh, and the four yeah. car were untouchable. And the only car that uh, had the pace to try and compete with them uh, over the course of the race was the number 79 WeatherTech Porsche, which I expected nothing from, to be honest. Mm. And I got nothing because that impact with the BMW destroyed the back of the car. They lost 12 laps. I think they made up like three on pace and cautions alone. Yeah, but if not for that run-in, they would have likely competed for the title. And again, that's the only car in the category... Uh, that had a legitimate semi-professional slash amateur driver in the car. <laughs> yeah, um, we did not mention, but Reese was also in this race, and that's really all we can say is they were in the class. Uh, they were trying uh, their best. To they just, were like they were doing milk. everything they could. Last hour of the race, they're just like trying to stretch that last tank of fuel as long as they could. We're thinking, oh yeah. my god, are they going to shit house a class win out of this? 
The one that took the no. fun out of it was King. It was like, King was like, they're not going to finish. They're definitely not going to finish. They're like, no way. They're like 15 minutes short. It's never going to happen. <laughs> and to be fair, he was right, annoyingly. But, you know. <laughs> Let us dream for, for something funky. Because, like, it's funny you mentioned that. Because at the same time, we had the fight for the overall win going on. And there was, like, a second between the leading two. Um, yeah. Yeah, we can set the stage here for DPI as well. Hmm. Wayne Taylor Racing. They're really good at this race, y'all. They no are. How we put them in? At first, long, long ago, there was Brumos Porsche that went on their dynasty run. Mm. In the late 2000s, it was Chip Ganassi Racing, featuring yeah. Scott Pruitt, Hi to My Family at Home, who went on their run of victories. Four and five years, three in a row. Incredible. Two different cars and effectively two whole different driver lineups because uh, I don't think anybody that was on these last two years winning teams was on this year's winning team. No, it was a brand new lineup. Um, well, I shouldn't say brand new. Ricky Taylor returned to his father's team after yeah. a short stint working for the captain. You know that uh, all the Taylors won Wayne, Ricky, and Jordan in his class? Mm. Yeah. And I mean, once the Wayne Taylor, early on in the race, it was kind of a Cadillac wash. Yeah. But when the Wayne Taylor car got to the the front uh, with about 13 hours to go, it was just unflappable. Yeah, yeah. Cam, you pointed something out during the race that yeah. really stuck out to me was just the the pull that the Acura could get yeah. in, in some of the higher gears. Like once they got to like fourth, fifth, and sixth year... Uh, this this has been a trade of this gone. car. This has been a trade of this car for a couple of years where, specifically at Daytona, in the infield, it doesn't really suit the turbo cars. They're long corners. They suffer from turbo lag. Whereas the Cadillacs are just mega through the infield. Mm. But I know you hopped into the stream, King, and you saw the Dwayne Taylor car in the lead. And you're just like, that thing has some get up and go. <laughs> yeah, up out of the infield, it would just pull on everything. Yeah, we we saw it in the last hour of that race, where again we had a fight for the win and a fight for the outright win, and we were sitting there thinking, "Man, can, can Van der Sande work a way around this?" And then it was like every time they got to the infield section, it was like gone. Pulls out. Yeah, four yeah. Car every legs. time they pull up out of the infield and up onto the oval. The Acura would pull up through the gears and just disappear down the road. Boof. Um, yeah. And that's where I think the race was won is Wayne Taylor racing. They just work harder and smarter and more in depth at this race than everyone else. Yeah. It's not a coincidence that the winning car spent the least time in the pits. Yep. And that they called the strategy right. At the end of the race, it was not the fastest car on track. But they knew that if they had track position, that Acura V6 would keep them in they would keep them in front. Savvy race. Savvy, it, savvy race. It was a savvy race. Um Philippe, Philippe Albuquerque was great. Uh Ricky Taylor, upon return to his father's team, wins a second Rolex. Yeah. And uh, as mentioned, Elio Castroneves, the magnificent hair, gets yet another trophy. He's still got it. He's still, still got it. that hair, and he's still got that speed. And uh, some uh, guy called Alexander Ross. I heard he's pretty good. Yeah, yeah I feel like this is going to be a 
big, big shot of confidence going into his 2021 car season because he he needs that. He needs that yeah. really bad. Um, I want to yeah. talk about Ganassi because even during the qualifying race, we knew that this team was going to be a problem. And I know they blew a couple of tires at the end that cost them a shot at win, but oh my goodness, everybody was on fire today. Kevin Magnuson... Yeah. I know it's going to be talked about because he is a recent ex Formula One driver, and he has even said, "Yeah, he's not going back to Haas if they need a substitute. He is good where he is at. He's, he looks, yeah, he looks like uh, the Kevin Magnussen of old. He looks like the Kevin Magnussen that was the top prospect of McLaren's Young Driver Academy. He yeah. looked like he had been doing this for years. He was aggressive when he needed to be. He could hold it back a little bit when he needed to. Amazingly, and, uh, yeah, he um." I think maybe learning where the tires come in. I know he mentioned that because uh, these tires are, of course, very, very different from what he's been used to for geez, his entire career. Yeah. But uh, he drove a great race. Renger van der Zander was driving with the rage in that final stint. Oh, yeah. He had entrails coming off the back of the car like in Back to the Future. Like that. Yo, like, when uh, you see this baby hit 188 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. This was the Ranger <laughs> van der Zanda that got the Wayne Taylor Racing drive before he signed. Yeah, and when Wayne, he was at uh, Wayne Taylor Racing, it felt like he was fine, but he was never really a game changer in a race most the times. The problem with... The problem for a given driver in DPI, and we'll touch on the NASCAR people who made it over a little bit later. Yeah. But the the depth of talent in this this top class is so deep that if you have not so much a weak link, but just someone who isn't a top tier driver on planet Earth, it's gonna right. show up. And, and even outside if you are of a Daytona, driver. yeah, even if you are a top tier driver, you have to bring your A game. And Ranger always brings it at Daytona. We have to give that to him. And with the storyline of him having been dropped from Wayne Taylor Racing at the end of last year, or if we're going to be honest, kind of underperforming, he saw that black and blue car in front of him and something, a switch flipped in his head. He drove out of his mind. I know. I know what else may have also affected that. Because Ranger was in a certain Honda NSX GT3 in a certain race in South Africa, a race Mm -hmm. that he probably should have won. And then didn't. And I think this is like his first major race since then. It's just like, I got to get back at this. I, I, can't, why, I cannot why would lose you bring it up. Like <laughs> Lami last year because, didn't happen. Because it's important. It. It's important to the storyline of the race. Oh, yeah. Not if it's recon. Oh, yeah. Mazda and, had a great day with their one well, car. Before we get to them, car. also, Scott Dixon. Scott Dixon is Scott Dixon. You know what to Scott. expect. Um, I think, and I I think, think Dixon had the fastest overall average lap time of anyone during the race, which is he like did the not. least. I, was, I, I, yeah. I certainly was in the top. Like, yeah, he was up near the top. We'll get to who had it a little bit later, but uh, yeah, we're and unfortunately that straight line speed advantage for the Acura meant that Renger he was abusing the curbs a little bit much at the end of that race and. It took one final slam into the curb through the bus stop to end Ganassi's chance at the win. I think they ended Ten up uh, fifth. Oh, yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, back to the Wayne Taylor car. They were the immovable object to which there was no unstoppable force. Yeah. In third, as RJ just mentioned, uh, Mazda. Mazda, who did the reverse of what they did last year. 
Last year, they pushed like hell for the first 12 hours and then had to back the engine down on both cars to make sure they made the finish. This time, they went down three laps early on in the event with various issues. Uh, gearbox issues, issues with the rear lights uh, mm. shutting off randomly. Yeah. But they persevered. They used the cautions and some pretty solid pace to get back on the lead lap. And with about four hours to go, they cut that engine loose. Maybe and this uh, was the strategy they should have had all along when they had two cars. Maybe I don't they know simply should <laughs> build an engine that can do 24 hours while pushing. <laughs> but um, they were very competitive. Harry Tignall, who, uh, of course, was the star we, we of the... We don't have to bully Mark- you, Harry! We don't have to bully you anymore for your marked man burnout paradise takedown of Elio Castroneves last year. <laughs> 24 but hours! 24 <laughs> hour race! Um, <laughs> Harry Tignall was fantastic. He was one of the fastest drivers in the race. Were it not for a rear wing issue near the end, which crippled their downforce while helping their straight line speed, maybe they could have fought for the overall. Just maybe. Just maybe. And you know how long they've been working to get at it. Hell, there was a point where Mazda would be lucky just to even finish this race with one car, let alone be in contention to win it at the end. Yeah, this is only the second. Uh, this is only the second time a Mazda has finished this race without major mechanical problems. The first time was just last year. Wild. Yeah, yeah with another um, podium, we happened to skip over the car that finished in second place. Yeah, I thought due, the Ganassi because... car actually finished second. But no. no, it's uh, it's the Ally car. It's the yeah. Jimmy Johnson and Jimmy. friends car, as it was yeah, advertised. The, as it was advertised, and you know what? Jimmy Johnson wasn't half bad. Jimmy Johnson wasn't that bad. I mean, no, he was in fact, not he was in a... up up until his final stint because I think he uh, I think he had a little bit of trouble with the transition from day to night, and I think the bigger thing was that the Ally car just didn't really seem to gel with daytime conditions. It was on fire during the night. Yeah, but Jimmy did a good job. Once yeah. he uh, he was a little bit tentative on cold tires, but once he was up to pace, he was. Right in the middle of the road. Yeah. Um, which for someone who has driven a s- proper sports cars, because we're not going to count the old Daytona prototypes for <laughs> no. the sum total of a week. <laughs> they weren't real prototypes. Fuck off. Um, oh, do I got to Oh, Dre, you don't know. <laughs> no, Dre, you don't, you don't know. No, this uh. isn't. I'm not being Jim Glickenhouse here. This was, it was a bad time. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> hey. Your dad and a bunch of of his friends go into a garage and build a sports car. That was old Daytona prototype. Yeah, yeah. Old Daytona yeah. prototypes yeah. looked a bit like look looked looked just the looked dirt like place. my first. It looked like my first Group C car as a drawing. But I put po- I posted a picture of the very best one, the Picchio DP2. Yes. Oh no, no! Why would you do that to Dre? No, no, no monocoques, only steel tubes. Oh yeah, yeah. Which almost no. cost oh. them their life in 2014. Moving on, that? the <laughs> rest of this 48 lineup was an embarrassment of riches. Headlined by one Kamui Kobayashi. It's not Pagano, but yeah, it's Kamui. Kamui loves this place, dude. Kamui Kobayashi was the fastest driver on average during this race. 
Uh, other than the aforementioned lack of pace during the day and a spin when he tried to send it into turn one for the lead, uh, Kamui was ridiculous during this race. Yeah. I mean, there was an instance during the night where he walked up to Scott Dixon and hit him with a steel chair. <laughs> Who does? You just don't he, do that to Scott Dixon. Yeah, yeah. Like... You don't. You don't pass Scott Dixon around the outside of the bus stop. As casually as you as he did, you don't do that to Scott Dixon. But that's why they love Kamui in F one, and he's bringing that same heat to the twenty four hours of Daytona race he nearly won for the third straight year. Yeah, man's box um, office. Yeah, you, you put him in Kamui, anything sports car wise. He's, he's ridiculous. Yeah, he, yeah, his his finishing record of the last three years is first, first, and and second. Is that not going to be sufficient enough to fit in the Autosport top fifty this year? We'll see. Well, maybe if they bury some uh, inferred prejudices. Alongside mm. him in that car, Simon Pagino, my boy, did a very good job. Uh, was also one of the faster drivers on the event. And returning to prototypes, one Mr. Mike Rockefeller. He still got it. I think uh, every time he passed the Reese GTLM Ferrari, Fortunate Son started playing in his head. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, oh, dear. Uh, we're going to quickly run it down for the rest of the class. Um, fourth place, Meyer Shank Racing and the other Acura featuring Dane Cameron, Olivier Pla, Juan Pablo Montoya, and AJ Allmendinger. Boy, you want to talk about a carry job. I know Kamui was impressive, but Dane Cameron was just like... Dane Cameron was the only dude that looked comfortable in the car. Because I had yeah, a look was, at those averages, and there's Montoya, Almendinger, and Pla just nailed towards the bottom, and Cameron's up near the top of the averages list. It's like, yeah. he's the only one that looked comfortable in that car the whole race. Yeah, um... Montoya said the car felt off during the whole race. I mean, Olivier Pla was the second slowest driver in the class. That is not Olivier Pla. He's no scrub. He's been doing this for a while now. He he was one of the fastest prototype drivers in the world only a couple of years ago. Juan Pablo Montoya won, and Dane Cameron won the championship in IMSA together two years ago. We watched it in person, live. So, yeah, something, something must have been up with the car, whether they just... Or a little bit late on the preparation, or just there was something inherently wrong. They weren't on the pace. No. The final flat tire in the uh, remaining 10 minutes of the race dropped the Ganassi car down to fifth place. And then, uh, well, we, uh, rounding out the DPI class. Um, one, of our, one of our picks to win... Uh, What's I this to inform you. <laughs> two, pe- two people here picked the French pain train to win. Oh, it was pain. It I was hold, pain. I, I hold Ryan Eric King fully responsible for this. Um, I take no accountability. Um, the one time I buddy up with one of Hicks picks is the one time I get my nuts chopped off. This is King's fault. <laughs> um, and King has to take a bullet for, for my behalf. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't the, think uh, the number five King. JDC Miller car led early on. I believe they incurred a jumped restart penalty which caused a drive-through and they never really recovered and then going into turn one one gtd porsche hit another gtd porsche and center punched that cadillac in the side pod and that was basically the end of their race Uh, they got back out there they logged some laps 
retired the car near the end when there was nothing left to gain. Not a good start to the championship for them because they're in it for the whole season. Yeah, that's not good at all. Yeah, I believe they finished uh, 34th overall. Oof. That's no good. You know who else had a bad day? Action Express Racing's primary car, the 31 of Felipe Nazar, Pippo Durrani, Mike Conway, and Chase Elliott! There's no Chase Elliott's in this race. Yeah, Chase Elliott, uh, baptism baptism of fire, I think would be the best way to put it. Definitely learning. So his first stint was pretty terrible. His later stints, he definitely, he was improving lap by lap, but ended up being the slowest driver in DPI. But that wasn't what killed the 31's race. A mix of a cracked exhaust header, which robbed them of pace up on the oval, um... Our very own Adam Johnson actually spotted it. He noticed the change in exhaust note and how they were just getting drag raced by other Cadillacs up on the banking. Uh, and then a gearbox selector issue that got stuck in third up on the oval. Oh, and yeah. that Ooh, basically ended the race. That, that, they were closing in to maybe make a play at the overall, and that just put the end to any chance oh. they had in an overall win. Yeah, it was a kill shot. Uh... Yeah. One second. Oh, hang on. Kane's got to take a call. He's... <laughs> oh. Jim Glickenhouse heard us talking shit. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time one of us has had to take a call during the podcast this season. I mean, that was no, for a no. job interview that I still haven't heard back from. Mm. No, no, I've, I've, never taken, I've never taken a break during a recording, ever. I've never been to the loo or taken a phone call from work or nothing, ever. Never, not once. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Also, King, uh, if we, when you get to, around to recording this in post or editing this in post production, send the video over. Instagram could do with a favor. <laughs> <laughs> I love Very it over good. there. <laughs> so they love the cheesesteak clip, after all. Now I want a cheesesteak. Goddamn it. <laughs> <laughs> Poor uh, fan on my uh, MacBook is just screaming. It's on my, it's on my, old, it's on my old computer back in the day. CPU chilling at a nice even ten percent, and or twenty six percent. It's only because eleven percent of it is audacity right now. And that's it. Let's see it's what beautiful. mine is running at. We're just out here compare, comparing computer specs. I mean, I'm out here. Uh, task manager performance thirteen percent. I'm using about a twenty three percent, which is about right for a laptop. Yeah, 19, 18, it's coming down a bit, yeah, 19, yeah. See, mine's bigger. 
Um, <laughs> All right, uh, King is back, and yeah, um, um, final. There, there is there there is totally nothing to edit out of that. That totally won't end up being a future blooper clip. No, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh God, and uh, yeah, I I believe the wheel and engineering car ended up a cool four laps down on the leaders. Not actually, it was way more. I don't like how this is formatted. Anyways, they had a rough race. That's DPI for you. Yeah. And I'll uh, we'll quickly run it down in GTLM. Yeah, yeah Corvette one two, BMW Reese, BMW, and then many many laps down the number seventy nine Porsche. Hey. <laughs> I thought this was a good race. Um, if you have a chance to watch any extended highlights, I know NBC Sports has a 40-minute highlight package on their YouTube channel if you could have access to it. Otherwise, IMSA was nice enough to hold the, upload the whole thing in parts and segments. And you yeah, can probably watch it at two they, times uh, speed. Yeah, unfortunately, they desperately need to hire a new sound engineer because uh, you can't hear the commentary in those uploads. No. Um... Yeah, NBC's extended highlights, I think, are about 40 minutes. Yeah. Watch those, and then just watch the last hour on the IMSA upload, because the lead for the overall was really... The, the fight for the overall lead was really that good. Yep. It's so yep, good. Yep, yep, yep. Awesome stuff, indeed. Uh, should we crack into the news, fellas? Let's do it. We got also, F1 yeah. news. One, one more thing, to, just before I move on to that real quick. Just wanted to say, yes, I do agree with my cohorts. It was a genuinely really fun race. Yeah, Dre, yeah, we finally, we're starting to knock those castle walls down. <sighs> Look, it's 2021. It's been a hard year. Last year was hard for everybody. Maybe it's time I soften my stance on some things just a little bit. Like, <laughs> Dre, Dre, IMSA only has four endurance races a year. You could do this. <laughs> I would say, and for the ones that aren't full-blown Enduros, the sprint races are often even more exciting because they're condensed. Well, to be honest, I I, I don't watch them. <laughs> well, you know what? King, you watch... King, instead you watch Sailing and watch America fail on a grand stage. You know, I didn't say anything on that one. You know, like, I'm normally Mr. This man, This guy. man dragged me out to watch sailing, to watch our boat fly up into the air and hit the water so hard it punched a hole and almost killed someone. You know why it happened? It's because it was sponsored by Airbus. <laughs> yeah. It was an omen. <laughs> I don't know. Bill, Bill Oberlin just... would say it was because it was sponsored by BMW. I, 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 I... <laughs> That's a deep cut. <laughs> All I'm saying is, I'm just saying, I was, I just think it was hilarious me sitting back and seeing Brutus King and Brutus Buckley stab each other in the back over their own commitments. <laughs> that, was, that was beautiful work, fellas. Well done. Um, like, all I'm saying, I had nothing to do with the last three minutes. That was all them. <laughs> here, here, at B, here at BMW, structural integrity is a service. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, I I have learned over the course of the 24 hours, I learned to hate this brand more than just about any other. Yeah. Thanks, Bruno Spangler. For, hated seats uh, for 19.95 a month, Cam. While we while, while we order Cam some counseling, let's do the news. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let's talk news. about let's talk about competent German manufacturing. 
Let's talk about Mercedes AMG. They got the deal done. Yes, in F1 this week, so Lewis Hamilton, the man who has won seven titles before Touchdown Tom did, finally signed a one-year contract extension that will keep him at Mercedes-AMG in 2021. As part of the deal, Hamilton and Mercedes have established a joint charitable foundation devoted to promoting diversity and inclusion in the sport, which is awesome. Uh, says RJ, now let's get crazy and talk a little about Hamilton, Bottas and George Russell are all out of contract at the end of this season. Um, yes, quite right. All three of Mercedes' frontline protagonists we've been talking about the last three months are all free agents at the end of the year. As is Sergio Perez, technically he could be as well if Red Bull activates their release clause on him. So uh, three of the big four seats could be on the table at the end of the season. Yeah, um, every single driver looking in, looking to get into F1 or is in F1 is trying to figure out how to get out of their contract at the end of this year. Yes. Barman, barman! Because this is going to be <laughs> the silliest, silly season in recent memory. Yeah, I, I literally called it on Twitter the other night, double dip silly season, because uh, you think about it, Last year's was pretty hectic as it was. We had Daniel Ricciardo move. We had, obviously, Sebastian Vettel swap around. Until the end of December, we thought Sergio Perez might genuinely not be here at one point. Alex Albon was in and out after two years. It, it was a pretty hectic silly season by F1 standards last year. How this can you one... How can you top it? Well, just make two of the most dominant seats in the history of Formula One open at the end of this yeah. year. Uh, with three dudes probably fighting for two of those seats. Maybe four, maybe five. Maybe four. You never know. Stoffel could get that chance. No, after no, it's all. It, it's everyone in F one. It's every reserve driver. It's every. It's Fernando Alonso, definitely. You, you can hear it. right That's now. That's not Apparently. happening, Cam. <laughs> yeah, Apparently. Flavio will try and make it happen and fail miserably. Yeah. Ooh. Apparently, uh, apparently, Esteban Gutierrez is sat outside Brackley's factory door to be number one in the queue. All I have a super license now. Look at <laughs> it, Toto. I can, I can get drive. <laughs> oh my no. god. Um, if there's yeah. one surprise out of all of this, it's that it's only a one-year deal for Lewis. It's a minor surprise. I wouldn't say it was a major surprise. I think... I was sure it was going to be a two-year. He would give the new cars a try and then see... Go from there. Yeah, Yeah, because that's the thing that Hill reported. Damon Hill said it was going to be a two-year deal, and then everybody was worked up because he said, oh, he's going to have a veto clause to see who his teammate's going to be. And so everybody that is on the George Russell pain train was just like, oh, no, they're going to sign Valtteri Botas again, not knowing, hey, Lewis could use that veto against Valtteri. You never know. Well, here's the thing. Um, That's old news because ever since he got into his Mercedes contract, uh, Lewis has had, he, he's had say on who his teammate is. Well, he's never had he's, a contractual veto, which... He's never had a contractual veto, but he requires Mercedes to consult him beforehand. <laughs> oh! I was like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, we're, we're gonna re-sign Valtteri. Lewis, bitchin'. Uh, <laughs> um... <laughs> I can picture that in their voices while... Yeah. Lewis is snowboarding and Toto is picking up the commission check. Oh, picking, up, picking up the commission check. <laughs> do we think this is going to be Lewis's last F1 deal or do we think no. he's getting one more after this? Like, I, I genuinely feel that 
technically he has a one year deal, but it's it's it has to be a one plus one, right? He yeah, has, it, has to, it feels it's got to be uh well not really a player so much as a driver option. Yeah, that's yeah, what it feels. What like. I was gonna say was that like one year gives him all the leverage in the world. Like, look, Toto is not going to push Lewis Hamilton out of that door. That's more than obvious. He knows. I mean, he spoke about it in the resigning himself, just how integral Hamilton is to the team and the brand at this point. Like, at this point, it's a golden handcuff steal. Like, you sign Lewis as long as he needs. I think the only reason it took this long was because setting up charities are a time-consuming process. You can't just, you know, oh, we've got a charity now. No, you yeah. need to hire people, register it, all of that fun stuff. That's a lot of a lot, a lot of paperwork and contracts. I think that was probably the reason why it took so long. And the way that those guys were so laid back about it from day one, like, if you, if you take them at their sincere face value, this was always going to get done, but I think... I think setting up a charity now, we know that was the, a part of their new deal. Then um, I think that's probably what was keeping it in the pipeline until the first week in February. Yeah. They and worked us. They worked us. Marks. I mean, it was they worked us into a shoot. It, it <laughs> wasn't a work. More like Lewis, like pretty much had them and like was pretty much had them, you know, against the wall. Where it's like, yeah, if we don't resign Lewis Hamilton. Uh, not only do we not have him as a driver, but us advertising anything F1 related is pretty much impossible. It's hard to tell the story of, like, the last, you know, the last six years of Mercedes dominance without Lewis Hamilton. It'd be weird just have montages. So yeah, we won the, we won the Constructors Championships. We won the yeah. 1914 French Grand Prix. <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll just be still pictures of like a 44 car and a helmet where you can't see who's in it. Like, it, like it reminds me of, of when the like the WWE signed like a veteran wrestler and they have to like try to explain how this wrestler is so experienced when they only have access to footage from this person's time in the WWE and we're like we don't have any footage from uh TNA so I guess we're screwed right 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 <laughs> yeah like, I mean uh he's wrestled for 15 surprised. years in other promotions mm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised that it got done. I was just surprised that it was... I honestly figured it would be a two-year contract to let him so that I... give, the next, give the next cars a shot. Oh, yeah. Because this also gives him the power in the incredibly unlikely event that Mercedes botches the 2022 regulations. They won't. <laughs> um, you just up and leave as, oh, well, uh, measly eight-time champion... Probably a hundred Grand Prix plus winner. Yeah. Probably a plus hundred <laughs> modest <pole winner>. achievements. <laughs> just, just some reasonable achievements. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I that, that's what I think. I, I, like, I think he'd be kidding himself if he didn't want to give the twenty twenty two regulations a shot at least to see where he's at and then go from there. But he can do that again and re- renegotiate another nice salary for himself at the end of the season. What's not to love? Um, mm. There is there is some value in the one year deal if your seat's not really ever at risk, um, you know, especially when it's going to be Valtteri Bottas and George Russell here, and this could be the most important year of Valtteri Bottas's career, knowing that no George Russell really is that good. George Russell really might take your seat this time, 
permanently. Um, so... You can only work with the information you have. Well, Toto has that information now. <laughs> yes. So, uh, Valtteri, I'm not saying you got to win the title, but keep it close. In the words of like Dash and the Incredibles, yeah, just just make it close. Second's good. Second's good. Just, just keep it close. Yeah, for your own good. You know, it it might be you know in your best interest, knowing yeah. that uh, now we... Let's just say George Russell convinced a lot of people that he really is the real deal coming out of Sakir. Just just throw that out there. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So, the least surprising signing maybe ever in Formula One history. The only if surprise was, it, was, it, was that it took this long. Simple as yeah, that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Going on, Perfect. uh... Professor Lewis Hamilton to take our souls in 2021. Yeah, I'm here for it. I'm bold of him him to assume that my soul is invested in Formula One. True. Why not? Bold of him to assume that my soul isn't invested in crypto. It's not. Crypto's bad. Don't more. No, no, invested in game stonks. Yes. Further news: Formula One has overhauled the quote "We Races One" initiative around three pillars of demoting diversity and inclusion. This is one pillar. It's like one of those Swedish fish that's one flavor on one end and one flavor on the other. (laughs) Sustainability and community. The corporate co-op rainbow motif is gone. Well, it should questions whether it ever really should have been there in the first place. And Mm -hmm. the pre-race moment of reflection is still up for discussion. Dre has written a good thing about it on his new Substack page, which we failed to talk about in the initial housekeeping. Dre on sports. What what substack? Is it our website? <laughs> no, not not really. Look, I, I, it was more a personal thing, so I did. I thought it would be a bit too shameless to put it in the housekeeping intro because I never plug anything I do on at the top of the show ever. But what are you all looking at? Um, <laughs> Please anyway. buy the kick on Amazon. I've still yet to because I completely forgot to do so. See? See? Sometimes it's justified. Um, anyway. <laughs> My co-presenter lets me down. I'm so upset. Um, no. I'm, yes, for the record, I am on Substacks. It's dreonsports.substack.com. If you want to hear some short pieces on a, you know, probably three or four times a week on little motorsport stories here and there, I, I felt like it was a nice little compromise. Because I'll give you an example. I wanted to have a Tumblr page a few years ago, but no one really uses Tumblr anymore, so I was Can't just confirm. like, "Yeah." <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know that I, all kind of went downhill when they took away all the porn. <laughs> it's the new PDF. <laughs> really. <laughs> oh but my that, god! Coming but, soon uh, to Motorsport 101 after yeah. dark, apparently. Um, but uh, yeah, um, it is after I'm, dark where I live. Fuck! I need to like move my light in my room. Yeah, indeed. But uh, yeah, Motorsport 101. Um, we don't have one officially, but. I have a Substack page. It's called Dre on Sports. Check it out if you haven't already. It's just going to be like a little, maybe two, three hundred word pieces on little motorsport stories here and there that come out. And we've got a couple of fun ones coming up in the next few days. It's probably going to be uh, two, three times a week, seeing how I feel about it. But uh, yeah, I spoke a little bit about, we. Uh, I called it We Kinda Races One. So we've, we've improved from We Don't Races One to We Kinda Races One. We're, we're making slow progress here, but... I mean, I'll, I'll paraphrase a lot of it. I mean, the, the, if you want to hear about the piece itself, they a very very nice picture F1 put up on the website regarding it. The diversity and inclusion column includes a new F1 intern program, funded engineering scholarships, supporting female participation, and grow STEM engagement. And those guys who don't know, STEM stands for science, um, 
technology, maths, and what's the E stand for? And, uh, engineering. Engineering, of course. I don't know why I had a brain fart just then, but it just <laughs> happened. But um, yeah, I had ice cream earlier. Um, <laughs> we'll blame that. Um, but yeah, that's the uh, diversity um, and inclusion column part of it there. You've got sustainability, so path to sustainably fueled hybrid engines with real-world crossover. Um, new freight methods, reducing single-use um, plastics in the paddock and in F1 weekends in general, and having, of course, the net zero carbon commitment by 2030. And in the community tab, um, they are committing to long-term projects with our global promoters and creating positive, lasting change in local communities. Guys, it's still vague as fuck. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, it's like, going to yeah, everything uh... up. You're gonna just do what Formula E did. Just take everything we wanted. Take everything that we assume we uh, support the, the, everything. Yeah, everything that the woke people like put it put it into one <laughs> banner. Yeah, sell merch. That's what we're gonna do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it's, that's it's, really what this feels like. It's uh mm. the effort. The, the effort before was slightly higher than zero. Now it's a little bit higher than that. Yeah, look, I was genuinely concerned that Stefano Domenicali wouldn't pick this up, and I thought it might just fade into obscurity and nobody asked questions about it. I am glad that at least Stefano has taken that ball and continued to run with it. That's the one good bit of news. That's one piece of good news I have about this. I, I have mean, it, it'd be real awkward if it just vanished. Then it would be a bigger problem. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I, like like I, I wouldn't put it past this sport to just forget about it, you know. Like so, but uh, no, well, that's the good news. The bad news I have is that one, this is still very vague across the yeah. board, um, and like it's. I mentioned it in the piece in the sense of the destination sounds nice and fancy. How are you going, are you to, going to get, get there? to that point? Well, well, yeah, yeah. Where like, is this money going? Also, I do love like the weird things you have to think about. It's like, oh, we're gonna help local communities. I'm like, local to where? The tracks? How many? Like, like... Yeah, it, like, it's, China's it's track in Shanghai is in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> like, yeah, you you have the first chapter and the last chapter, but you don't have all the chapters in the middle to stitch them together. Right, yeah. like this is what I was gonna say in the sense of like. It's incredibly vague. There is no hard plan that's been announced to say how they're going to get to this point. And the problem I have with this is that now we are over eight months into this plan since it was originally first announced right before the first, I think it was first or second race weekend of the year when the 2020 season started. Yeah. 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 So, like, where did that first million go? From Chase Carey. Where did all the merchandise sales you encourage us to buy merch for go? Because, you know, the branding's been dropped, but last year we were encouraged to go to your website and buy merchandise saying that, oh, the proceeds are going towards this campaign and we don't know where that money's going. And I said in the piece, the more transparent you are about things like this, the more people, the more good faith you're going to raise with people. Yeah. Especially when you're dealing with cynical bastards like me that don't believe in things like this from yeah. big name corporations. And especially um, heading into this, this was not the most, well, actually, yeah, this was not the most cynical one of these initiatives I was about. Uh, mm. Formerly, still very, very, very disappointed. Uh, yeah, because yeah, it was it was literally like, well, we're gonna kneel and or stand for all the good things in the world. Plus that one person so who died building this track here in Berlin. 
Yeah, yeah which made things really up. From my own, my lord. I stand <laughs> for the opposite of killing. Gnadab. And yeah, like it, it felt like uh, it felt like they left their their participants with no no out because oh well, if you don't support like if you deviate from the norm, then you might be protesting something that you might not mean to protest. Right. And, and admittedly, like, of these initiatives, I had IndyCar on the bottom when we first started out, and then. Yeah. Surprisingly, they're they're number one at the moment. Uh, They've yeah. actually we'll done stuff. Yeah. Well, we'll get to yeah. that. We could see Formula, it. Formula E started at the bottom and was somehow able to get even lower. <laughs> right? How's that doable? Like, 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 what's the progress? Because, like I said, we've, you've been at this nearly a year. It, it's like, radio. There's radio silence. We keep hearing. We keep hearing the typical. <laughs> Corporate taglines of what we're doing, and then we mm. don't see anything. Yeah, yeah, like there is no tangible, measurable change that we can see or believe in yet, and it's been nearly a year. And a lot of this stuff you already had planned in anyway. We, you already announced you were going to try and be carbon neutral yep. by twenty thirty. Yeah. You've already announced that you're trying to reduce the use of single use plastics. You've already said. You were going to have an internship program and focus in on schools instead. You had that in the first manifesto you released when you announced it at the start in the middle of last year. So a lot of this stuff isn't even new. You've just it's caught, recycled. Grouped it. Yeah, you've 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 used a, a bunch of buzzwords and a bunch of fancy phrases that sound great, but when you actually scratch beneath the surface a little bit, it amounts to not a lot, and not, not and, a lot that actually makes sense. And the thing that. Makes me feel a little uncomfortable. Is We Races One actually a registered charity? Because if it is, we could find out how much money they're taking in and how much goes to administrative costs and how many go to actual work. If it's not a registered charity, then we don't know any of this information. Mm. And it's just a brand name. Yeah, it's just a brand name. And. Yeah. God forbid, I don't want to be cynical here, but they have given me no choice. They could be literally pocketing all this money. Right. Yeah, it's we not. No we're not idea. necessarily saying that they're doing nothing. We're saying we don't know. You keep, we keep saying you keep telling us that you're doing things. Show us. Give yeah. us tangible evidence. Show us what you're doing. Where this money's going, and your timetable on how long you think some of these things are going to take. And how you're going to address the problems. Yeah. Not just that you're going yeah. to, but how. Sorry, King. I was just saying, like, one, like, when people make objectives in business, they, they say, go by smart objectives. Give us something that's measurable, realistic, and timed. It's all just buzzwords right now. It's all just vague talk. And as Vic points out in our Discord, talking about, oh, yeah, like, they're calling the pre-race Neil a moment to now talk about... A bunch of other issues now. Um, so again, Honestly, like, back when this whole thing started, they purposely kicked the can down the road. We're going to wait and see what other sports organizations do. Then we'll just take what we like from them and we'll do that. Because the whole, hey, we're going to have a, a pre-race moment. Might as well be ripped straight from the National Basketball Association. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, it just feels it, like of course, the bear. It, 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 it just looks silly now because half yeah. the drivers don't bother kneeling in the first place and everybody looks like goofballs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah w- last year, I mean, it was plain as fucking day. We saw quite graphically in these moments that we don't race as one because half the grid doesn't want to race. They don't stand with the other side of the grid on certain issues. Right. Look, Stefano, I know your heart's in the right place, but like an episode of One Division, it's time to start, you know, showing us rather than telling us that there's something funky going on here, you know, because people are, you're going to lose a lot of good faith with people if you insist that something is happening, but yet we've seen nothing and it's been nearly a calendar year now. Yeah, Formula One's already a bougie enough sport as it is. And uh, at least I, at least I'm glad that they like dropped all the rainbow marketing. And I'm amazed that people were just up in arms, like, how could they possibly drop this corporate co-opted <laughs> rainbow rainbow marketing? That's it's the, the best same move as, they've had since they came up with this. It's the it's the same shit as as some brand out there on Twitter changing their logo on Twitter. To have it all rainbow color, but they're doing nothing to actually improve the lives of the people that actually work there who it's supposed to market it towards. Well, yeah, and, yeah, and, and here's a, if we could tie it all together. If you're, if you're doing what you're saying and you are making these donations, you are putting in the effort to be more inclusive. It shouldn't be difficult to show us that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's an issue when... Oh, I hate to bring it up that the extremely, extremely very rich and very white sport of sailing is doing more to be more diverse than Formula One. Good fucking <laughs> lord. <laughs> when the America's Cup is like, oh, in the regulations, you have to like list everyone who works the team and have a photo of them. Uh, a short bio would be preferable, but you don't have to include them. Just include their name and, and job title so you can see everyone who works here. And you could clearly see how many people of color work at the team, how many yeah. how many women work at the team. It's 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 clearly like they're they know that things are a problem, and That's they're true. they're actively trying well, to another, improve things. And well, in tying this together with the news we touched on earlier, the only F one team that is making a public concerned effort to do anything about this is Mercedes. Yeah. Yeah. Another charitable foundation, and when they talked about increasing diversity, they actually had a timed and realistic target. 25% of new employees into the company by 2025 will be of an ethnic minority background. See, that's the shit, that's the stuff that I do like. You can measure If if it was all down to, like, the teams that were involved in the sport, if it was all down to the constructors, it was all down to the sponsors and the driver academies and the manufacturers actually putting forward this change... Because let's be real, I don't trust the sport as a whole to do this. Yeah, I don't trust We Races yeah. 1 is just FIFA's and racism campaign, but with four wheels attached to it instead of a ball. Yeah. It's yeah, that again, with Mercedes, And again, with Mercedes, as Dre put it, they gave us tangible evidence. And if you're doing what you say you're doing, tangible evidence should be easy to produce. I exactly. am over... I'm over performative marketing gestures. I think we yes. all are. We all are. It, it's nice to have the rainbow on the side of the safety car. That's neat. But it ain't accomplishing shit. Yeah. yeah. And it, 
and like going back to other minor stories that happened during our break uh like the fact that it took the FIA pushing and the FIA prodding and maybe even subsidizing the Ferrari Driver Academy to sign the first female driver it's not a good look it shouldn't take incentives yeah no. Like the fact that the FIS get involved is a problem. But like it's embarrassing. Yeah. You the the US single seater ladder on its own without Ferrari's help is doing more in that regard <laughs> than Ferrari yeah. Driver Academy is. Baffling. Baffling. And then people on Twitter are clapping their hands going, Look, a woman in the academy, great and then realizing this oh, is how the sausage is made back here and it's like, Oh god, not again. Yeah. They're not doing it because they want to, they're doing it because they're it's in it's their, their best It's their interest token in. It's a token gesture. Yeah. Like, yeah, and, as, and, as, yeah. and like, as much as, like, we've said things, like, uh, we, we're not 100% on board with Sophia Flourish, but when she no. thought she was gonna get, you know, some association with Mercedes, not necessarily, a, like, an academy placement, mm. and she just didn't a brand get deal. it. Yeah, just yeah. anything, and she got nothing. That was a bad look for for everyone involved. I agree. Yeah, indeed, there is a lot of work to be done. Of I, as per, I personally, on this, will keep digging and chasing this up. I've got people that I know on the inside who work within F one who I know are very frustrated about the lack of transparency regarding all of this. So trust me when I say they're listening, but I, I think it's going in one end and out the Fortun- other. Yeah. Unfortunately. Getting them to listen is one thing. Getting them to take action yeah, is quite another. Game entirely. Um, quick side note regarding um, Formula 1 as well. Officially um, announced today that Portimao will take the Tibby announcement on the Formula 1 calendar. That'll be on May the 2nd, um, later this year. So yeah, Portimao's back. I've already joked that it's become the world's new favourite backup track. Apparently they're going to build another golf course round the back to celebrate their uh, extra extra money. Because, you know, if there's one thing the Algarve lacks, it's golf courses. Um, So... (laughs) Um, so yeah, the Portuguese Grand Prix will be back on May 2nd, should be fun, great track, keep it low grip, um, and you know, have some fun things happen, just just have Carlos Sainz lead about three laps to give us the idea it might be really good or something. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and hey, if this F1 thing doesn't work out, you already have a banger of a track for motorcycles, we've yeah. proven this now. Yep, yeah, indeed, because um, MotoGP will probably be back there at the end of April, it's not 100% confirmed. Um, end of April, basically. So expect Portimao to be back on the MotoGP calendar too. Um, a little bit earlier compared to the season finale slot we got last year, but Portimao's fun. So hopefully it'll be a bit closer to Miguel this time around when he inevitably takes another Grand Slam. Um, let's go. Let's More... go stateside. <laughs> yeah, stateside um, where we are. Um, Romain Grosjean is employed. Back. Well, can we, say, can we say if he's back, if he's never driven here before? Um, <laughs> Romain Grosjean he's is arrived. back. And he's in IndyCar. Now, this was initially announced uh, by accident on NBC's Rolex 24 <laughs> <Yeah>. broadcast. <laughs> they they kind of let they that one slip. Mm-hmm. But it is official. Romain Grosjean will run the road and street course rounds in Dale Coyne Racing's second car, now in a partnership between Coyne 
and Journeyman NASCAR team turned Journeyman Everything team Rick Ware Racing. I love that all the longtime American motorsport fans immediately was like, where the hell did they, did Rick Ware get all this money from? Um, yeah, just, when, when the hell did the W in Rick Ware Racing stood for worldwide? Like... <laughs> <laughs> Well, did Pitbull suddenly put some money in? Uh, like, oh, that's the okay. wrong team! That's the wrong team! Someone... It's with Trackhouse, not Rick Ware! <laughs> someone, someone, engraved, someone engraved that in the quotes chat. Oh! No. I want a plimp! I want a plimp with that on it! Uh, uh, Grosjean's Bahrain crash ultimately swayed him and his family to abandon plans to enter the Indy 500. But Grosjean is determined to keep racing and ensure that we have not seen the last of him as a competitive racer. Yeah. I'll tell Thoughts, you, Dale Coyne, Dale Coyne is a better team than people think. It's a fully Agreed. sponsored ride. Um, mm-hmm. And we kind of forget this because Romain, Romain Grosjean has had to feed off of nothing but dog shit cars over the last couple of years. He's really good. Yeah. Hell, he may be one of the very best drivers that never won a Formula One Grand Prix. Yeah, he, um, how quickly we forget, in the second half of 2013, it was him and a track vehicle were the only things who led Sebastian Vettel. Pretty much. Um, um, 10 yeah, career podium finishes to his name, I believe, was the final count in the end. So he got a that's podium in the right 2015 the... Lotus. Yeah. yeah, as the bailiffs were knocking around the door, ready to seize the team's trucks. You know, that, like, that's where they were at at the time. And look, We've spoken about it before in this show that Grosjean is a lot better than I think some of the internet will have you believe that he was. And this was before the accident, which yeah, all yeah. of a sudden made people all sympathetic about him now. Like, oh, look how good he is. Look at the nice man oh, he is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah, he nearly for, died. For his, I mean, <laughs> for his flaws, and he does have he does have flaws as a driver. Of course. He was always a little bit too aggressive. Maybe not the most spatially aware person. But he is fast. He, he was so always fast. fast. That sounds like when, another guy in IndyCar. <laughs> he sounds like another... Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, actually, we can get to that. Because, uh, of course, another Formula One alum mm-hmm. ended up in IndyCar after coming over from F1 with a reputation as a fast but really accident-prone driver. And now he's got two, uh, two instances of himself on the Borg Warner. It helps. It helps. So uh, I think it's a great fit, and as, as RJ alluded to, I think Dale Coyne is a better team than a lot of people give it credit for in IndyCar. They yeah. can certainly punch above their weight. They are excellent strategists as well. They have a oh, knack yeah. of being able to bring cars into playoff sequence, I think, better than just about anybody else in the field. And not just um, that, too, but I feel like, especially lately... I feel like Romain Grosjean's personality would work really well in America. Like, we were already having conversations like Romain and Simon Paginode having uh, (laughs) culinary-based fist fights where Sebastian has to step in and moderate. I I would love that. I mean, (laughs) Romain's personality off the track has always been one of the more fun in Formula One. Um, Never afraid to speak his mind. Fantastic chef. As we oh yeah, God, right man can cook. And um, so someone needs to buy me the Romain Grosjean cookbook for Christmas, okay? Like honestly, somebody needs to get and, on uh, business. During rain delays, of course, he would build mod. He would live tweet building old scale models. 
So uh, I think <laughs> his personality, <laughs> I think his personality will fit right in with IndyCar. And uh, thankfully, I think we as a society have progressed beyond the need for Robin Miller and anything he has to say. Oh, boy. So, uh, Roman, in the unlikely event that you're listening to this, don't pay attention to him. He's an old man yelling at a cloud, and the only thing that will make Robin Miller happy is if we return to Roadsters on Dirt and 30 people get maimed per year. I think Romaine just looked at it's like, nobody, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> nobody gives a flying fuck, Robin, whether you're first or whether you have two good articles per year. Nobody cares anymore because you're like, such a, f- you're so far up your own ass with the IndyCar elitism. Can I just say that Cam Buckley is way off script right now? I personally I am way off it. script. We, <laughs> <laughs> If you uh, oh, if you want if you want to hear some more and how Robin Miller's most recent article basically boiled down to it was better in the old days because people crashed harder. Go read Zoe's take on it. Yes, That's true. she uh, said uh, she put it in an article as well as anyone ever could. I yep, agree. Um, Zoe will be on a lot more this year as an extra host as well. But uh, in the meantime, she put a fantastic piece about the situation. She knows IndyCar better than most of us in this Discord do. Um, check it out on our Twitter page, at WeZoe. It's, think, think it's the Scottish way. W, W-E-E-Z-O-E-Y. But uh, mm. follow her if you haven't already. If you're listening to us, you probably already do. But in case yeah. you didn't, do so. Um, she's fantastic. She needs, she needs to write more. I'm going to poke her with a stick until she does. Zoe's good, um, and that uh, race article was as reckless as Kurt Angle jumping off the top of a steel cage, uh, taking okay. a moonsault with a bad neck. I I I love that I love that his microphone cut out just as he was talking about that because it actually sounds like a perfectly timed bleep. We might have to just keep that in and let people work out what he actually said. Oh, God, <laughs> damn it! Um, <laughs> to wrap it up with a bow, I'm happy to see Roman in IndyCar. Um, dare I say it? Couldn't have a couple of wins this year. Why I will say he could win. I can get it. at least one. He could get at least one. Two may be pushing it. But it's mostly road and street course races. He'll do I well. just, I just want to see him in a car capable of fighting for wins again. Because yeah! when he I mean, was in a car capable of winning races, he was very good. When he was at Lotus, he was box office. Yes, indeed. Look, I was like, just to confirm, he's not doing any of the oval races. He might do Gateway. He said if he's in title contention, which is not possible if you don't do the Indianapolis <laughs> 500. Because exactly. that race I was going to say, if he's in title contention, if he's in title contention, it doesn't run the Indy 500. He smoked we, everybody. Already. We, <laughs> we have to talk about the greatest American open wheel driver to ever live. Right, so you know, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too concerned about that in the time being. I didn't know uh, Romain Grosjean was French for Anthony Joseph Foyt. Excellent. <laughs> 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 uh, we got some good um, news on the road to Indy as you know, well. We do. We do. Um, yeah, this isn't the only significant story out of IndyCar, and it ties into diversity and inclusion. Ironically, Force Indy Racing Team, a startup in the U.S. Formula 2000 Championship that sits at the first step of the road to Indy Ladder, signed our Atalanta-born, New York City-based Miles Rowe to drive for them in 2021. With support from Team Penske, Force Indy has already achieved the goal and given a young African-American driver an opportunity to advance up the ladder. Rowe will even carry on his education as a film major in 2021. He's staying in That's school, cool. kids. Stay in school. <laughs> Stay um, in school. 
Um, we'll, we'll always good to have a backup plan, kids. Um, but uh, look, this, this is the, cool to hear. It's, it's straightforward. It's, it's, it's in, in that it's fantastic news. Um, you know, a, a young black kid gets a chance at the first step on the ladder. That's exactly what this is meant to be all about. Um, and I'm delighted again, as King alluded to about 20 minutes ago. Like we didn't buy what IndyCar was selling at all on this when this was first announced. It, it felt like they were just literally playing off Formula One's lead. Yeah, and look at this. They've, they've got yeah, a team they've completely on swapped. the ladder, and we have a team on the ladder. Tangible and things. Black driver. Yeah, we something have tangible, something measurable. We have something concrete and. If you're gonna get some support, if you're gonna get some support from an IndyCar team, Team Penske ain't too bad. Yeah. Oh. Just, just, just the kings, you know, as you do. Um, just, uh, just the captain himself. Just the captain, you know, no big deal. Yeah. Again, there's not an awful lot to expand on here. It's just, it's just great news. We love this here. Um, let's fingers crossed. You know, he has a fantastic first season in the SF2000. We keep it a very close eye on that over here at M101, certainly, indeed. Also, just before we go, I had to mention this as well. IndyCar's Rookie of the Year challenge will be between a V8 Supercars driver, NASCAR's Jimmy Johnson, and <laughs> former Formula 1 driver Romain Grosjean. I love that IndyCar has become like the all-star game of racing series at this point. I love it. I think it it's fantastic. Ended, so. And, and uh, something we didn't touch on with Rolex 24 as well. Mm. Best viewership for an IMSA race since 2008. That's Great good. News. It's going to be news. even better once they get on to once they get on a one streaming platform. I feel. Oh God! Indeed. Indeed. Oh yes, the, the fun's not over in Daytona. <laughs> yeah, and um, on a rather worse note, <laughs> we also need to mention what happened to uh, a certain MotoGP track during our break. Oh yeah, yeah the um, the Argentinian Grand Prix circuit. That I'm not even going to make an effort to pronounce because Termas Rio Hondo. Termas Rio Hondo. Uh, the Thank the you. paddock just went up. Now, thankfully, no the one was hurt. Museum, nobody was hurt. Fangio Museum's still good, and they can rebuild it. But it's convenient that they had to delay the event towards the back end of the calendar because they're going to need that in order to finish all those facilities if they do have a race. Yeah, it's uh, it's put that race even more up in the air obviously with the current global situation it already was and was delayed as rj mentioned but uh don't be surprised if we don't have a moto gp uh argentinian grand prix this year yeah yes indeed i'm very sad to hear that there was a massive fire in the circuit last week um unfortunately, we need to stop this is the second time now in like the last couple of years we need to stop <laughs> between this and what happened with the moto e paddock God, like just, 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 please, just stop catching fire. God, I, I hate it here. Um, in all seriousness, thankfully nobody was hurt, um, and no one was at the track at the time, so thankfully nobody was hurt. Unfortunately, the paddock is looking, shall we say, worse for wear. Um, unfortunately, which is a real shame. Um, thankfully, the track is covered from an insurance standpoint. They did have, they, apparently, they did have fire in the insurance, so. Financially, they'll be covered. They are going to rebuild it. They are aiming to still have a MotoGP race in November towards the end of this current season. So, 
Fingers crossed if they can get it rebuilt in time. Um, we'll still have a race there this year. It's touch and go, but fingers crossed. Also, fingers like thankfully the Fangio Museum with a lot of his old exhibits and very very yes, important so. gear there as well. Worst kept safe, thankfully as well. So a little bit of history was able to be salvaged, which is good to hear as well. But obviously, um, um, I've fought with the guys in Argentina. Hopefully, they can get that thing rebuilt because um, it's, it's a great track. It's a fantastic track for bike racing, and uh, yeah, um, hopefully we'll see it on the calendar this year again. That'll just about do it on this episode of Motorsport 101. We'll be back next week, a little, actually a little bit earlier than planned, because uh, we're going to be talking about the, the 2021, and I get to say this now for the first time, Formula E World Championship. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The yeah, Championship so. of the World. <sighs> Lovely. Um, so we'll be talking about that in, de- in greater detail on next week's show. Uh, basically, you can find us one more time. We're on YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101. Again, Twitter handles are on the screen right now. Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Twitter, Motorsport underscore 101. Handles, like I said, on screen personally. On Instagram, Motorsport 101 pod. And Patreon.com forward slash Motorsport 101 if you want to back us financially, if you haven't already. Five bucks for all our catch-up shows, all our audio shows. Ten bucks for the supporters club of our Discord. You can listen to these shows live as they're being recorded, as well as access to all the video shows as well. Shout out to Jason Sash. Vic for sticking around as well, much appreciated um, website for all the details as well, motorsport101.com and if you want to read some more silly thoughts on motorsport here and there, Substack from Dre on Sports check that out if you haven't already, until next time, I've been Dre Harrison, they've been RJ O'Connell, Ryan Eric King and Cam Buckley and until next time, thank you very much for watching and listening, sayonara Later y'all Bye Daytona 500 Hype